Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Word Up. Um, coming to you, Ben and I, we're actually together in the same room rather than uh, different uh, Zoom boxes or whatever we normally <laughs> yeah. do. Good to have you here, Ben. Thanks for nice joining to me here. today. And yes, this is actually a, a recorded episode so you can interact live yourselves. Do, by all means, comment because everyone else who's watching live will be able to interact with your comments. But thanks for joining us. Um, we've actually recorded this on Friday um, because we weren't available for, on this Sunday evening. But uh, yeah, we're working through Revelation and we're in Chapter 7. We've just, um, we've just been looking at the 144,000 uh, we, we looked in depth at that last week, uh, which we saw were, you know, were absolutely and particularly as described uh, Jewish folks, weren't they, Ben? Yeah. 12,000 from each tribe. I mean, yeah, just briefly on the recap, what, what was it about those guys? Well, um, the, it was, they were, um, there was a description in there, but they, they're like, almost like super Jews, evangelists. Super that, evangelists, Super yeah. evangelists that are, um, sealed, yeah. so that they're not touched oh, yes, by any sealed. of the, yeah, any of the dangers yes. and any of the things that go on. But their kind of ministry, uh, is to, it seems to spread the gospel and, and sa- you know, save, uh, get people saved who are in the time of the tribulation. Mm. Um, and it, yes, because we, we saw that they were actually referred to again, I think in chapter nine, where yeah. it gave more detail about them that, for instance, Seemed they, they didn't marry for, um, and they, it's as almost like they, they were very focused on their particular task and calling. Mm. Um, so yeah, that we, we looked at that anyway. And then we're, we're going to pick up, even though we touched on it, we're going to pick up on what follows from the 144,000. I'm going to read that part again. After this, this is verse nine. I looked in there before me a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and in front of the lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and around the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory, wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, that is John, Sir, you know. And he said, these are they who've come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. So, yeah, we come to this great multitude, and uh, 
you know, let's look at uh, look at this great multitude. Then I'll I'll let you uh, kick kick on. So we got this uh, um, distinct from the hundred forty four thousand. There seems yeah. to be some uh, kind of view that maybe the hundred forty four thousand were the church on earth and the multitude were the the people in heaven. But how can that be if if they're you know one hundred forty four thousand? They're quite clearly listed as from the Jewish tribes mm-hmm. and. Then we get the split where it shows you that there's a great multitude from all nations. Yes. So collectively, it, yeah. you've got this this huge uh, amount of people mm. um, from every tribe, every nation, uh, and it says it not. Uh, it says a great multitude that no one could number. So no one could number it. So it's not the hundred forty four thousand because they were numbered. Yeah. But this was a, a great cool. mass of people who could not be numbered. And it says in in seven fourteen when asked who they are. One of the elders in, in heaven says to John, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So we know who they are. You know, they're the people that have come out of the tribulation. Um, and, uh, you know, I like it. That, you know, this is the, this is the picture of, of, of the redeemed, if you like, you know, the, the, the people that, uh, it says who've uh, clothed in white robes, um, and they have palm branches in their hand. You know, palm branches, there's different things of that. But it makes me think of Palm Sunday, where, yes. you know, the, Jesus was coming into, mm. into Jerusalem. The people were hailing him as king, singing Hosanna. Yes. But yet, you know, a week later, they were all saying, crucify him, crucify him. But it's almost a picture that now, you know, here, here is the king and, and his people and his kingdom is coming yes. through all the things that we'll see. And again, they've got palm branches, mm. you know, and they're, they're confessing something, yes. which we'll look at in a minute. And it's almost a it's like a fulfilment, isn't it, yeah. of, of that, that uh, finally he is coming and they're, they're, they're waving him in, holding palm branches. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so it says, you know, interestingly, John asks the elder, who are these? Or, or the elder asks John, beg your pardon, who are these? And John says back to him, look, you, you know. I mean, I don't, but you do. And then the elder replies, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. So it does. I know we were having a discussion about who these might be and the different interpretations. Are they the saints of all, um, all time who have come through persecution, shall we say, or, or, or is it? And yet it does seem to say there, these are those who've come out of or through the Great Tribulation, doesn't it? Mm, yes. um, which is interesting. Going back to like six, chapter six, verse eleven, I think it is, where it says, um, "There's these people who are crying out to the Lord, how long, you know, Sovereign Lord, how long mm. will you judge and avenge our blood?" And it's almost like the the martyrs who have been martyred through the tribulation are saying, "How long?" And the Lord says, "A little, you know, a just little while, a little while." A little while. And yeah. Is it just them, or is it every saint that has ever been? Yes, yeah. Here's another interesting thing that I, I came across. Um, there's certain translations that, 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 um, express that great tribulation scripture there in, in slightly different ways. For instance, you've got the, the Derby translation, uh, which actually capitalizes, it says the great tribulation, capital G, capital T. Now, what does that mean? Well, it was interestingly Darby, who was around in the, um, I think it's the, the late 1800s, um, who brought in this idea of the pre-tribulation rapture. 
And, um, you, you know, again, he's sort of presenting the Great Tribulation as a particular event, you know, a very specific time and, and, um, emphasizing that with the capitalization of it. In other, um, in other translations, they put it as, um, these who have survived great persecution, for instance, know thee. Um, that, that might be, for instance, King James or, um, what have we got there? Uh, anyway, other, other NASIB, NASB, New American Standard. <laughs> but yeah, can you see there how, um, that could make quite a difference in the interpretation? So, yeah, coming, are these ones who've come out a great persecution? Interestingly as well, it, it, it takes us back to, it seems that, you know, we heard of, due to the unabridled un kind of um, sin and wickedness of man coming to the earth that was almost um, expressed in the four horsemen of the apocalypse, leading to, you know, great persecution. And Jesus talking about, you know, in the last days, men will hate you. All nations will hate you because of my name. And there there will be this increased and great persecution, it does seem to be. So in the very last days, and this seems to be referring to those who have, have, have gone through that. So um, interesting, interesting, the, the great tribulation. There's also um, something else that's quite interesting about this particular passage, and that's, we know there's a lot of um, reference all the way through, even all the way through Revelation, all the way through the New Testament, to the, the Jewishness of, and, and the sort of Israel-centricness of the Scriptures. And... Um, when we think of, uh, when did we see that? We saw that, didn't we, in, for instance, well, we've got there the 144,000 from every tribe. We saw it, didn't we, in the picture of heaven, where even the colours that were mentioned are uh, the first and the last colour and even the central colour of the different tribes of Israel that were that were expressed in heaven. Do you remember that mm, one? Yeah, was emerald yeah. was the, uh, the, prominent the, one, yeah. the, the the prominent one. That's the colour of the tribe of Judah. And um, here as also we see, yeah, we think of the, the 24 elders reflecting the, the 12 um, priests that, that would, and they would take it in turns to actually um, care for the temple. And here we have as well an allusion to uh, the Feast of Tabernacles that's mentioned here. This was from, from the commentator that I was looking at. But as, as he unfolded it in this passage, it did seem to be quite evident. Um, these that were wearing the white robes, these saints, they were holding palm branches. And also, yes, as Ben mentioned, you know, the palm branches were waved when, when, um, Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And, um, but it says that in that, in the last day of the feast, this is in John 7.38, and this was the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus was in Jerusalem. In the last, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Now, we've got these allusions to tabernacles. It says here that um, those those who are the multitude in the white robes from every tribe and tongue, it says that 
the Lord will pitch his tabernacle over them. It says, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down upon them. Uh, he will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. And, and again, we've got that illusion. It was Jesus. He was at the Feast of Tabernacles when he referred to that um, uh, streams of living water. You'll never thirst. They will flow out of you. And, and these are allusions to Isaiah 49.10, which again is, was speaking of that streams of living water, never again thirsty. And interestingly, I found this out, Ben, that particular Isaiah scripture that is mentioned by Jesus there is alluded to here very clearly. It would be to the Jewish reader in this as as a the restoration of Israel. That's when the, you know, the, that never again will they thirst, never again. And, and um, that that's from Isaiah 49, when you will be a light to all nations as well. Oh, okay. Where we get our um, <laughs> our kind of scripture for, uh, for the church, Bright yeah. City Church, yeah. A- a- ACF. So, yeah, there's these allusions to, you know, the prophets and the prophecies throughout. And, and without, under- you know, without referring to them, we can't get the full picture of exactly. the meaning of uh, Revelation. There's that saying, isn't there? The new, the New Testament, yeah. the new is in the Old Testament concealed. The old is in the New Testament revealed. Ah, yes, yes. Is, is yeah, absolutely. Exactly yeah. what's happening here with the so much in the word, you know, Revelation is the last book of the New Testament and it's almost like every single bit of, you know, stuff that was alluded to in the Old Testament that's revealed in the New is seeing its culmination in this in this last book and I'm constantly going through it thinking oh yeah look you know yeah. there's that and there's that and there's that and it's just incredible um really yeah really shows you the value uh, and I personally think you know so that the the the, um, the Jewish perspective mm-hmm. uh, can give so much to New Testament Christians and Western Christians like us mm-hmm. because you know Jesus was a Jew. And uh, the, this was all from the, you know, the first century uh, Middle East. And it's got a lot to say to us absolutely. today that we yeah. sometimes miss. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that really kind of, anything else to say? Oh, it's interesting that, i come to you as well, Ben. It says that they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. a play on words, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if, you, if you wash something in blood, it doesn't wash it clean, does it? It, it kind of... Um, they could obviously make it red and, and soiled with blood. But, um, yeah. That's where we get there. Like, I remember John Wimber saying, like, when he first became a Christian, like, I said, are you washed in the blood, brother? And he was like, ugh, <laughs> that's so disgusting. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's all, it's symbology again, you know, uh, you know, we talk about being washed in blood. It means our sins are symbolically washed in the sacrifice that is symbolized by the blood of Jesus that we're clean because of his death. Yes. Um, so this is, there we go you know, again. It's the symbology, isn't it, of the temple, yeah. of the, the sacrifice of the lambs that were, and Jesus was the lamb of God um, who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, it speaks of the temple here in this, um, in this part. Um, now, where, where was it? There was... The, the, yeah, it says, but, um, well, if I, Go back a little way, just mm-hmm. just to say that there was a point that I thought was worth looking at, where it, we see this great multitude and they're crying out with a loud voice in verse 10, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And this is like the, the declaration of, of the ones that have been saved, you know, through 
through tribulation, but you know they've, they've come into the knowledge of, of, of God, and their confession is this: salvation belongs to our our God. The, uh, the God, God has become our God. Yeah, he sits on the throne to the Lamb, and then the angels' reaction. You know, the angels are standing around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, all of them, fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, "Amen." Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So they're saying, Amen. We we agree. It's almost like the confession of the great multitude of these people who were once in darkness mm-hmm. and now are in light. The angels are like, Yes, you're getting it. Yes, yes, this is it. And they're like, Oh, it's so wonderful, God. Look, they've seen they've seen how beautiful you are and how wonderful and yes. mighty you are. Yes, yes, and they're just in absolute raptures mm. um, yes, uh, uh, at this confession of, of, yes. of the people that are now now realizing the realities of God and of heaven and everything. And then the elder goes on, yes, as we're yes, going to yes. see about the, the temple. It, it, as you say, that reminds me of um, what it says in in Romans eight. You know that. All creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. It's almost, you know, it was hidden even from the angels. How would God reconcile? You know, it's almost like they're aware of his people, Israel. But how would he reconcile and do it and and make, you know, all people one? And and it says, you know, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And like, they, yes, (laughs) this is how you did it. Yes and amen. You know, and and, uh, praise be and glory, wisdom, thanks, honor, power, strength be to our God. You know, He's yeah. done it. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Um, was there anything else yeah. I was going to. At the end, where the elder goes on, he was going to say about, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, are we, for my petty's worth, where it starts saying in verse 16, you know, he's talking about the great multitude. These are the people that are before the throne of God serving day and night, who sits on the temple and and it talks about the sheltering that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's again like saying, well, here they are, you know, these these are the people, um, you know, uh, who this is who they are. They've come through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and this is our destiny as well. That's it, what I was thinking. Is. It's oh, our, yes, yes. This is the end of, of, of you know, our faith. This is mm. the fulfillment of our faith. It is. It We're is. the ones who are going to be before the throne of God and serving yeah. him day and night. You know, yes. he who sits at all this wonderful pictures that we've seen mm-hmm. of, of, of God on the throne and the sun sitting yes. his right hand, all the wonder of the innumerable angels. Mm-hmm. They, this is this is our oh, promise. This mm. is talking about us. They're, now they're before the throne of the gods. No eye so has God. seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's it. You know, but yeah. we have an inkling here, don't we? The Holy Spirit is revealing it to us yeah. and to you, friends. And another slight perspective on this, as I was just reading it even just now, um, where, where the Lord says, or, or, um, or, or the elder says that never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them any scorching heat anymore. It's sort of never, never, no more. I would say it almost suggests that these had experienced hunger, thirst as well, you know, in maybe an extreme way, you know, scorching heat. Could it be that because we know it says these have come through the tribulation, these have come through great tribulation, I should say. Maybe they were hungering, thirsty. Maybe they couldn't get food. Maybe they couldn't um, live that life. You know, it makes me think of um, those who did not have the mark of the beast. We shall see this detail later. Could not buy or sell. 
Um, you know, maybe they didn't mm. have access to food and, and they, they were hungering and thirsting in particularly um, extreme ways. Just a thought anyway. Yeah. But, um, well, that brings us to the end of chapter seven and uh, we're coming into chapter eight now. So let's just find the way to the... Big trouble ahead. Start of chapter. Yes, there may be trouble ahead, as uh, we know from the <laughs> advert. Uh, it's not funny though, but... Uh, Oh, right. Revelation chapter 8. Here we go. I'm going to read it. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets or seven shofars. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet or shofar, as I said, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea was turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the earth, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I saw an eagle that was flying in mid-air call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. Goodness, yeah, that, that's wow. incredible foreboding. If you think of there's the first foreboding and then there's the second foreboding there, mm. as if the first three weren't sort of bad enough the first four yeah and then it says whoa whoa to the inhabitants of the earth that, that half an hour of silence isn't it it's, uh, uh, as the seventh seal has opened it's all we've seen in heaven and mm. it's up to this point is noise and, and multitudes of singing and mm -hmm. angels singing and all sorts and now like this absolute silence yes in heaven for half an hour and it's almost I, I kind of I remember being at school and um if something had happened in the school that was mm -hmm. like someone had done something really bad and really yeah. wrong, everyone was hauled into the hall 
and it was like, right, he was going to own up. It was mm. absolute silence, yeah. like a foreboding, yeah. you know, and mm. like, oh my goodness, this is the calm before the storm. This is, um, you know, just the apprehension of what's, yeah. what's ahead. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. almost in shocked silence. The angels, uh, what is gonna, what is gonna happen? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's this definite sort of interlude here of of silence, as you say. Interestingly, it's for it says half an hour. That's does, a, that a very sort of interesting yeah. sort of segment of time, isn't it? It's interesting because heaven, heaven, you know, is is a almost a, the guy I was reading. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, heaven is a timeless place. God's in eternity. You know, there's yeah. no time, but yet. The concept of time relates to Earth, and then mm-hmm. there's an understanding of it. And I, I was like, it was just a small little paragraph. This guy just said in passing, and I was almost like, mm-hmm. you can't leave it there, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, I was thinking about it, and um, I'd heard some fantastical things about the Transfiguration, where mm-hmm. Jesus is transfigured uh, in uh, Matthew 17, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, uh, he, when he's transfigured, he talks to Moses and Elijah. Yeah. And these guys, Moses and Elijah, uh, and Jesus, of course, are, are very far apart in time. Yeah. Yet at that point, they're all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's almost, it reminds me of Isaiah when he says, tear open the heavens, Lord, and rent the heavens and come down. It's like almost the heavens, the, the whatever it is, the curtain between the heavenly realms Ooh. and the earth it is parted. And you've got these two, you know, legends like Moses and Elijah. To get there together in heaven at the same time, even though they live far apart, mm-hmm. speaking to Jesus, who was within time at that point, and it it shows you, you know, that there's uh there's the the realms of like you know there's the earthly earth yes. earth of its time and heaven with its eternity, mm-hmm. and this is a point where you know time relates to um to heaven, if you like. It's it's interesting. So I guess half an hour. I don't know. Maybe the half an hour is passing on Earth and the. As the trumpets are handed out in silence to the angels, you know, mm-hmm. this period of time. There's almost like, a oh. sense that half an hour in one sense in heaven of silence seems like a long time in some sense, I suppose, because of the, the great, um, you know, glory and, and worship and everything that goes on. It does. And, and yet also when I, the guy I was, um, listening to and, and reading was saying, the hour, when, it's, when, when the Bible speaks about the hour, the hour has come. You know, it, it's very, it's very near. And mm. so half an hour is, is, is almost, very, you know, closer still type closer of thing. Still. It's, yeah. um, it's a, it's a very short time. In sense. But anyway, it's interesting that it should particularly, um, mention that passage of time of half an hour. But yeah, I wanted to sort of come back to, you know, we have this, particular half an hour there's a foreboding certainly you know for all the angels to be silent and then there's this the the censer and a censer is you know something that would carry the incense and you'd see in the uh the old coptic christian religions and some of the catholic where they would swing censer with the incense um being have you seen that picture yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. so that the smell of the incense is, is part of the worship there and we know that um, the prayers of the, sen- the, the saints, and, and it says it refers to the prayers here, are like incense before the Lord, moving the Lord. So it seems that we've come to a time where the prayers have finally 
come to their yeah. time of fruition and, and, and God is going to move and, and act. All those Lord's prayers, I think we mentioned it a few weeks ago, mm. the Lord's prayer prayed for 2,000 years for his kingdom to come. And, you know, I don't know what the concept of the kingdom coming is, but here comes the, the judgments yeah. and the, the, these absolute disasters on the earth that mm-hmm. are going to usher in the kingdom of God. So, yeah, yeah the picture of the... Oh, actually, you know, there's a, I'm not a Coptic or a Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, I definitely don't agree with some of the doctrines, but there's some things in those churches that, you know, are agreeable and the, the symbol of the mm. incense I've always thought is yeah. a, is a uh, wonderful because it speaks of, you know, the, the, the prayers of the saints. There's a song, isn't it, Matt Redman? Yes. Or the yes. prayers of the saints like sweet smelling incense to yes. your heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's a lovely symbol. Um, yes, and, and we, we'd read, hadn't we, I think you may have even picked up on it before, that just a, a few verses before, the saints that were under the altar, I think, in, in yeah. chapter 5 or 6. No, it's chapter 7, six, wasn't it? Or, yeah, or 6. six. Really, yeah, yeah. We're, we're crying out, well, when will you avenge us? When will you answer our prayers, in a sense? And he, he said, wait a little while, a little while longer, and I, I will answer, but you've just got to sort of hold on a little while longer. Mm. Till, interestingly, even a few more are killed. It's almost like, and you, you talked about when we were looking at this, the... The, the, the fullness of, the their, fullness of their sin, sin yeah. if you like, was reached. Yeah. And it seems it's obviously come to that moment because now God is going to act. And, and we have this picture of the, the censer and the prayers and the smoke being taken by the, the angel, filled with, filled it with them with fire from the altar and it was hurled at the earth. And, and it, and it seems a real, that does seem a picture of anger. Yeah. Doesn't it? And, and hurl at the earth in judgment. And, and I mean, it is the wrath of the Lord. This is wrath. And I mean, wrath means anger. You know, it's a righteous anger. It's a, a right anger. It's a right judgment that comes. It is a right vengeance as well. Yeah. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. There will come an accounting, a day of reckoning, a day of judgment. And it's, as we've referred to it many times, a great and terrible day, um, terrible for those who are under that judgment. Mm. But I think, you know, this does bring together again this idea of, well, what about the saints uh, of the Lord? Are they going to be, you know, are they going to be down on that earth as this, you know, hurling of fiery judgment thrown down on the earth? And of course, we know that there's many different beliefs. We touched on it last week about this, you know, pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation, pre-wrath, if you like. Mid-tribulation, pre-wrath is probably a similar thing. And then the post-tribulation or post, you know, is that post-wrath? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. We got the idea. It's, it's when, you know, are the church taken up um, before this these cataclysmic things come on the earth? You know, I think there's there's certainly good argument for it. What yeah, think, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's no clear. No, I mean, there's, there, I think we looked far back where there's there is a, an, a scripture that people have related to. Oh, that that's John being taken into heaven. Oh, that's a picture of the church being taken into heaven. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't work because John comes back down to earth, goes back to heaven, goes back to earth. So it doesn't quite work there. And it's like, well, where? You know this this great tribulation that's been highlighted in the Derby translation. 
you know, um, and and the rapture, these things, you know, are we are we emphasizing, are we majoring on minor things? You know, should we be looking for a time and, and date? Whereas Jesus says, always be ready, always have your lamp filled with oil, and be ready for the Lord. It could be any day. It's true, and yeah. a lot of folks say, you know, don't don't worry about it. Don't don't even almost. I hear an argument. You shouldn't even think about it. You shouldn't even sort of, you know, just be ready. And that is a very good argument. Uh, and and yet I would say that, well, why does the Lord go into so much detail about the time? Yeah. And also, why does he say, look, you are blessed if you study and read this um, right. this prophecy. And you also, there's trouble on you if you cut things out or or add to them as well. It seems to be like, you know. There's a lot of reference to these times uh, in the Old and the New Testament. So for me, the argument of, oh, look, it's, it's silly to even go there and think about it. Just concentrate on what you're doing. Um, I I get that. And I think we should concentrate on what God has called us to do and not overly get sidetracked by it. But And yet there is a there is a looking at the detail for a reason, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like. I guess I don't know. Like you're not to freak out about these things mm. uh, and make it our obsession. And some people do get obsessed with that. I yeah. remember some prison ministry where the these people in prison they were so obsessed with this. They were looking at you know with the Jewish um, number of systems and trying to work out what six 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 was and mm. you know all the, the, trying to get nail it down to a point. Whereas oh, we meant to do that. You know, oh, well, oh, we meant to just have an awareness. You know, look out oh, for the yes, signs, yeah. but. Don't you know? Concern yourself with things of things of the kingdom of God, and you know ministry and and uh, seeing people come into the kingdom, and you know just have an awareness of it. Or are we to you know mm-hmm. really try and nail it down? Is uh, yes, I, I think you know there is a good argument looking in the scriptures of it, it. Obviously, says we are not appointed to wrath. Um, so you know. One could easily say, well, we're not appointed to go through the, the real wrath of God that uh, is poured out on the earth. And, and is there a difference between, you know, the, the smaller tribulations, even though they, they, they will cause great persecution to the saints? We, we talked, didn't we, about the first four seals um, being, you know, the first four horsemen of the apocalypse. And now it seemed to describe just... Um, unrestrained evil and wickedness amongst other things causing great hardship on the earth and at that time there being great persecution of the saints we saw the white horse seemingly could that be the antichrist and you know this ruler and then the war and economic crisis pestilence and things it seems like you know the cause of of man's um you know sin and wickedness Coming to its fulfillment, and then there's there's that pause in 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 the fifth seal. We have the picture in heaven. Then going on to the sixth, that that seems to be a real change where there's this um, you know, uh, cosmic changes and things happening. You know, the sky receded like a s- scroll, every mountain and island removed, etc., etc. You know, kings and princes hiding. From, from what was going on, saying to the rocks to fall on us. It seems like here, after the, um, the sensor is thrown down to the earth, we're get, again moving in the realm of these kind of God ordained 
kind of cosmic and cataclysmic events mm. coming to the earth that are nothing to do with man. They're to do with, you know, what only God can control. So we've got the, the, the sensor is thrown down. Then there's peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, earthquake. And, and the seven trumpets are sounded by the angels. The first trumpet was sounded. Hail and fire mixed with blood hurled down to the earth. Obviously, um, you know, very sort of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the imagery of, of, of the time that what could that be? You know, hail, fire mixed with blood. It, it could be describing, you know, it could be something cosmic hitting the, yeah. the earth from the, the heavens. Um, we think of, Meteorites. Why would it be mixed with blood? It could be the blood that, that's caused by the, caused by the, the yeah. damage and yeah. the deaths of it, it happening. Interesting. It's got a third tree. It's about the trees, the grass, uh, and that's one of the things that the, the when we started this, it said, "Hold up, you know, let me steal my hundred forty-four thousand before you touch uh, the trees." It mentions the trees specifically. Yes, that's and true. See, and, and it looks, you know, that's that's the. Hang on, let me do this first. Very much so. Yes, now. absolutely. Right. Go there was. It. There was that ceiling, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. I wonder, yeah, was that ceiling to protect them from the harm of of these things? It yeah. sounds like, you know, could that describe hail and fire mixed with blood? I suppose it'd be with sulfur if it was, you know, could it be something like atomic warfare or fell down on the earth? Although we don't know, of course, but... Uh, third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees burned up, and all the grass was burned up. Do we think a third? Is that literally a third, or is it just a great portion? Yeah, these are the questions we'd ask, but, you know, it's it's doubtful that it is an exact third of everything, but it's just showing it's a, a huge portion. You know, um, if we ask the scientists, you know, how would the, the earth fare if a third of the remaining greenery was destroyed, you know, we know, we hear from the scientists even today that places like the Amazon forest, which is called, you know, the lungs of the earth, yeah. um, are barely sustaining, you know, the, the kind of biosphere or whatever that, that, that is required, the ozone and, and even the kind of the, the respiration, if you like, of the earth. Yeah. And so if, um, you know, if, if they were further damaged in a huge way like this, Second angel and second trumpet, something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, thrown into the sea. I mean, what, what does that sound like to you? Sounds like the, the meteor in Armageddon. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. Or um, what was the other film? A similar sort of thing. Oh, Deep Impact. Deep Impact, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that even, you know, the world, the people of the world, the non-Christian world, they have this consciousness yeah. of of something like that could happen, and they're almost they're almost you know inventing films and stories and saying yes, this this could and will happen one yeah. day, yeah. Um, you know, and and here it is in the scriptures, uh, so, uh, something like a huge mountain thrown into the sea. Yeah, I mean, the impact. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it it's really is. Yes. And then a third of the living creatures in the sea and a third of the ships. I mean, if you, a third of the ships in the world destroyed, 
I mean, that sounds like a tsunami and a half, doesn't well, yeah, it? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Tsunami oh, to end all... So there's been all these films about these cataclysmic end-time tsunamis. Yeah. Is it 2011 as well? Was, yeah, uh, 2012. 2012 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Any other comment on that, Ben? Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's just... Uh, it's interesting that it's... it's uh, the way the angel throws fire down and then mm. all of these things are... You know, fire yeah, mixed yes, with blood, and yeah. then a, a mountain on fire, and then we get into the third angel saying, "A great star fell from heaven." Great star, what you know, a meteorite. You know, they look like that's what shooting stars are. You know, the the uh, rocks getting burnt up in the atmosphere, uh, and it's all kind of talking about you know the, the something coming from from the sky into the earth uh, and, and causing mass disaster, mass extinctions. Um, yes, you, you think of, that's right, you've got this, something like a huge mountain all ablaze thrown into the sea, also makes me think of a huge volcano that yeah. um, they've talked about as well, these, um, you know, super volcanoes that they predict, and the scientists, you know, talking about this Pacific Rim, and if this happened and that happened, and even, you may have heard, you know, they, there's something under, I think it's Yellowstone Park, that, um, you know, they feel could could be quite cataclysmic if it if it blew, and then again these huge volcanoes causing a tsunami, and um, what have you. I've seen documentaries. I'm sure you have about it. Then we go to the great star blazing like a torch, falling from the sky. That particularly dis- does seem to describe something and you know, like a meteor, absolutely, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And and then on interestingly, it speaks of the falling on the rivers and springs. And it's called warm wormwood, and and it um you know seems to poison everything, doesn't it? It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Wormwood came up. Wormwood. wormwood. Yeah. I, I think of the um, the screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis. Yes, the uh, yeah. the junior devil's called wormwood. I think yeah, in that, yeah. and I'm like, well, that's that's a random name for something, but apparently it's a a bitter poisonous substance derived from a root that causes drunkenness and eventually death, my commentary says on my in my Bible. Ooh, yeah. Um so yeah it's uh, So it's a particularly it's a poisoning thing, yeah seems to be. Poisoning the the waters in particular that um you know would cause great suffering and problems uh, for the earth without water to you know, for crops, for drinking, for this, for that. Yeah. Yeah. So then we move on the fourth angel. A third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars. Now, this seems particularly cosmic, doesn't it? Yeah. It's um, affecting the, the light, affecting because, you know, the light from the sun, the stars, and the moon was... was um drastically affected and became mm. somehow dimmed so that you know a third of the day was without light whatever that means and a third of the night so and not impossible either i yeah. remember a few years ago there was um like astronomers they were looking at uh, jupiter jupiter the largest planet in our solar system and all of a sudden there was these marks on mm-hmm. the underside of jupiter and it, as it appeared like a, a mass meteorite had come shooting into our solar system and it struck Jupiter. Had Jupiter not been there, then it is possible it would have come straight for us. And you think, well, this is, you know, this isn't just, you know, kind of stuff we're reading in a, yeah. an ancient book. This is like contemporary. This, you know, these yeah, the scientists are, are kind of almost corroborating yeah. 
What? Yeah. And, and you hear about these near miss asteroids and events, don't you? Yeah. Uh, as well, it's kind of irrelevant. You know, the, the other week we were saying about the Bank of England. What did, what did he say? Yes, he said um, um, apocalyptic. Apocalyptic wasn't it? is yeah, a word. Apocalyptic. He used. Yeah. You know, yeah. to do with finance and to do know, with the economy. And things. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely relevant it to really our is. times. And here's another one that I read just yesterday. The Pope, the present Pope, referring to what's going on now as the Third World War. He mentioned it a few times. I mean, so what? You know, but, 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 you know, again, referring to what you might think of of apocalyptic type events. And and he's almost, to say that, uh, I think he's sort of, suggesting that it looks like, you know, things are only going to get worse because can we really say that the whole world is at war right now? No. But but yet it seems like there's a there's a sort of a a drawing in, you know, an ever unresistable kind of drawing into this black hole of conflict and war. We think of see the NATO with um Russia and the Ukraine, we think of China Taiwan, we think of North Korea, we think of the Middle East, and yeah, it's it's uh, really looking. I mean, why are we saying these things? It's not to be alarmist, or we're not rubbing our hands with glee. We're not, you know. I suppose it is to show us that what God foretells and says in His Word is true and reliable. That, as Ben says, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to worry because we know God's in control. We know from reading these scriptures that there's a ceiling of his own, a ceiling of protecting. There's a, 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 you know, seeing us through these things, anything that we do have to go through. God promises to be with us, to protect us. We also know from these words and these very scriptures we're reading that just the other side, a bit like childbirth, is great joy, great bliss, wiping away every tear, you know, everything that we'd ever dreamed of coming true, if you like, in the presence of our Lord. And so be encouraged, friends. I know we've come up to the end of our time now. As we we go on, just to say, even as we say these things, and we come to the end of chapter 8, of course, imagine after those four trumpets, and can you imagine more of a cataclysmic things happening to the earth and yet this eagle flies through the air saying woe 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 to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts that are about to be sounded by the other three angels that's um, a bit of a foreboding note and an ominous note uh, as we as we go forward but god is in control and uh, thank you again for tuning in and uh, have a great week guys God bless you. Yeah.